Recorded live in Manhattan's East Village at St. Mark's Church in the Bowery, this is The Poetry Project. So here's how things are going to work tonight. Um, I'm going to introduce Stephanie and Ty together. Stephanie will read. We'll take a five-minute break so we can stretch our legs. Um, Okay, so... Stephanie Gray and Ty Freedom Ford are both poets deeply embedded, it seems, in the city. I don't mean that sort of often prim approach of scummy send-ups or desires to notate the rhythm of the city, etc. Rather, I mean that there is an element of both of their work that seems to bespeak an understanding of the way language moves across the often minute distances in speech and hearing and making visible the small fissures of humanity that cut across work and selfhood as being multiple of a sort of civil contract of participatory being of a belonging to thought as a visual recognizance for language. What does it look like when it's spoken? What does it look like when it ends up as text? Where does it go when either are forgotten, ignored, unable to be recognized, when they fall below or above the capacity of reception? What does the world show up as, as it becomes voice, and where does voice go when it re-embeds itself in the text? Maybe this is also a question of the body's vulnerability to language, the way that language comes out of us into the poem. As Ty writes, uh, in the body exacts its revenge like a lover scorned, quote, in the months after I turn 40, the body begins to quit me. Like a lover I cheated, the right ear rings with wax, a clogged cocoon refusing even the sound of my thoughts, unquote. Or the disappearance of the city, as Stephanie notes, as shifting, stick shifting, shifting from sight or leveling the disappearance, the, memor- the memorial of itself, maybe the memory too. So when we see these changes, maybe the vulnerabilities of the text in speaking about the body, the body of the, ci- of, the, of the city, are aging as in common with others. I think it's especially vital to have voices uh, such as Stephanie's, where her poetics dance between the overheard, the remembered, the phrase that sticks as she writes in, some dungeon doors can't be opened because a programmer didn't code them to open. That's the name of the poem. Um, quote, did you code the outdoor to in? Did you code the indoor to out? Did you walk through the outdoor? Thanks, Prince. Did I program my brain to stay on that thought? And I could go on because this is a poem joined or joining with commas, and so this limited pause is a continuous spliced question of reading. Where does language stop joining? Where can we close or foreclose on the event of the poem? Like Ty's syntax, as it produced uh, in text as when she, uh, as it is produced in text as when she writes in the rebirth of Hagerl, hey, what they don't tell you is the white picket fence is splintered and weathered and tethered to a mortgage, a death sentence of normal. Your limbs taught taunt lawnmowers in anything with teeth. You peel back pastel wallpaper, feed pasty strips to the flames whispering in your closet, and so you die, come back with too many mismatched legs and arms. Where the sentence, and I found myself just now unable to know where to splice this without simply parroting the entirety of the poem, where there is the inevitable question, where is the length of the thought and how does the qualification and conjunction of thought form here, the space of life's parlance, of negative fantasy, or that the road of the owned home or the place in the world is a manipulation of, an inverse of the ability to settle, to close. This inversion asks what the foreclosure of the poem might be reversed into language and how that foreclosure might function to cancel the predatory position of sentencing of the mandatory formed imposition of language. So let us first welcome Stephanie Gray to the Poetry Project. Thank you, Trudeau. Um, How is the sound? The sound okay? Okay. All right, there's going to be um, some poems that have some signage for things that are phonetic, so I'm going to try to get those signs up here. So I'm going to read some poems from uh, A Country Road Going Back in Your Direction. How to Say It. Writing on the next to first page so no one can see. 
tearing out the last page so no one will know, framing the gesture in the middle so no one will hear, moving to the side so no one will feel it, walking up over there so they can't really sigh, gesturing under the table so it was never stated fully, crying behind glass so it's mixed with the rain, mouthing the words. Closing your eyes so you can say you didn't see what you know. Moving your nose so only one person got it. Pushing it ahead so it will be done by the time they said they hoped it would be. Trying out the secret so it wouldn't be tomorrow. Forgetting about tomorrow so today can be done. Dissolving out today so tomorrow had a chance again. Where languid, languidity, oops, where languid, languidity, oops, where language pretends to be found, sound. Where language pretends to be found, sound. I saw where you were, where you was, wasn't it? You ain't there, you're not here. You, there you was, it was all here clear as day in your face, where language pretended to be. And we don't need to say, we're not, okay? We don't need that reference to it. We don't need that guy striking his spear again. Okay, these are um, two duets for two voices. So they're companion poems. Um, but within each of these, you could maybe imagine two voices, one for the first half of the line and one for the second half but I'm gonna go ahead and read them both. Uh, I'm telling you, don't forget. To remember who you were, to remember what it was, to remember what it is, to remember how it was, to remember what it went, to remember how it said, to remember how it standed, to remember how it went, to remember what they did, to remember how it goes, to remember what it meant, to remember that's what she said, to remember what it ain't, to remember who said what, who remembers what said what, to remember who knew who, to remember who died then, to remember who all knew who, to remember what was what, to remember who didn't die, to remember who said what they said, to remember who didn't remember you, to remember who tried to change you, to remember who didn't want to know, to remember, don't be a cliche here, to remember, don't let this poem be eighth grade desperation, to remember you're trying to do something with eighth grade desperation. To remember maybe you can deconstruct eighth grade desperation in the way that maybe the language poets would like or the atonalist or the quietudes. To remember once again all together now the more things change the more they stay the same. To remember most poets don't want to hear that. To remember most news publications have a rule for what not to say, including the more things change, the more they stay the same. To remember most people will forget you said earlier in this poem, it was a sophisticated attempt to turn around a cliche. Can it be encapsulated in, hey, maybe, okay. To remember maybe these lines need to be more of a mystery. To remember somebody might be reading between the lines. To remember there's a poem in between the lines. To remember in between the lines is where everything happens. So why should I even write anything? So the companion piece to this, uh, the other one, I'm telling you don't forget. 
verses I'm telling you, you got to remember. Don't forget they didn't know. Don't forget this what they said. Don't forget who knew that. Don't forget this what they said. Don't forget this what it is. Don't forget it started there. Don't forget they said keep it moving. Don't forget she didn't die. Don't forget he's never there. Don't forget that sort of stuff. Don't forget they're telling you is what they're telling you. Don't forget that's how it is. Don't forget what it said. Don't forget they knew all along. Don't forget that's where it was. Don't forget I wasn't there. Don't forget that's the truth. Don't forget they never changed. Don't forget he's not there. Don't forget she went there. Don't forget I was there. Don't forget there it was. Don't forget you just can't forget this. Don't forget it stopped at 2 a.m. Don't forget it didn't start. Don't forget it hasn't happened. Don't forget whatever happened. Don't forget what it is. Don't forget you have to remember their names, okay? Don't forget you will remember them tomorrow. Don't forget she always remembers. Don't forget Rocio Dukal. Don't forget Cliff Burton. Don't forget no one rode the lightning. Don't forget they're telling you for the millionth time. It is what it is, okay? Don't forget the string around your finger that fell off yesterday. Don't forget Cliff Amal. Don't forget Randy Rhodes. Don't forget you lose people in a poem with proper names. Thus, don't forget you got to keep it universal. I realize you haven't traveled the universe, but I'm expecting you to do this. So don't forget. Remember that, okay? Okay. So this is um, sewing lesson, uh, sewing lesson number 55. So, um, wasn't what it seemed. Wasn't what it seemed. Waking up, but not really awake. Getting there, but not really getting it. Hearing them, but not really hearing it. Telling them but not really believing it. Believing it but not really showing it. Showing it but not really letting it go. Leaving it but not really feeling it. Letting it go but really going somewhere else. Going over there but still really back here. Still back here but the mind going elsewhere. The mind over there but it's all right. It's all right here but dreaming of somewhere else. Saying you'll be right here but the thoughts over there. Thinking over there, but it happened right here. Happening right here, but before you change your cards elsewhere. Playing your cards elsewhere and remembering. It's all a gamble. Okay, this is... Diving into the bending blue, bending into the blue, blued, blued, not blown. No wishes blown here. Bending into the blue, not, dri not diving, don't drowning, psych. Not merging, not turning into the blue, but bending. Like the title of this poem said, duh. Say it in your best fourth grade, avigrated, grown-up voice. Duh. Bending into the blue. Aren't you? Aren't you? And not that blue. Not the one you think is true. Not the cliche. Thanks, Tina Dilla. Diving into the blue, bending, diving into the blue. Diving into the bending blue, diving into the blue bent. Diving into the bent blue, bending like, like... Like, you know when the day gets bent and bent, it's the 4 a.m. off, 4 a.m. on switch of the assembly lines. One has come off from a first drink, the other will go to many. Where somewhere they're still serving light beer lights of blue. Sitting into that window, bending into the blue, you've done this in a medium-sized town, looking out to a nobody there street. The business is closed across the street, somewhere where the sky was blue, where the time was blue, 5 a.m. When you were blue, when the light was blue, when your pants were blue, when your shoes were blue, don't nobody know, but you were bending into the blue too. 
bending into the blue, it's true, there's no way to say it, but that you would say, yeah, I got off the graveyard and we went to Montana Blues and I just sat there in that window and basically I just bent into the blue is what I did. I just sat there, bent into the blue as long as it would take me, as long as it would hold me, as long as it would remember me, as long as it would make me, as long as it would burn me, as long as it would swallow me, as long as it would know me, as long as it would light me, as long as it would tie me, as long as it would lie to me, as long as it would bore me, as long as it would save me, like the mother Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed is thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, mother of God, pray for sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. As long as it would tease me, as long as it would play me, you know the color blue is a player, watch out. As long as it would tease me, as long as it would play me, as long as it would rainbow me, as long as it wouldn't harm me, as long as it would rain me, as long as it would sidewalk me, as long as it would tree me, as long as it would walk me, as long as the blue would bend me. Amen. Insert the question baseline to Ken's little town of Bethlehem Hill. Base, 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 base. Viewers may think that they can process it all, but they are fooling themselves. If there's a window open, you might have a chance. If you all had an old grand holy name, if the world didn't change, if you only bent the lights of physics so much, if the tides weren't so strong on the Hudson, if you didn't have to go, if it wasn't a dream you still believed in, if that different kind of memory didn't take hold, if your muscle memory didn't study you, if you didn't have orders you couldn't ship, if you didn't see what you saw, if the crawl wasn't always hungry, if there weren't celebrities in every sphere, if you didn't know other criminals in the neighborhood, if nothing never happened here, if it wasn't a country club, if there wasn't magic in actuality, if you didn't dislocate the phrase, if you didn't grind the blue sky, if it hadn't been a downward trajectory, if the shadow didn't undo itself, if you all weren't all on break, if everyone didn't shut down, if Canada wasn't in the escape plans, if the future wasn't sparkling with nostalgia. So this next poem, um, it's for someone with the job title of uh, Negative Cutter. And for those of you who have found people and for all of us really, we know that it's less and less happening, that film is actually on celluloid stripes, and we're mostly watching video, but to this day, there's still some people who are cutting the negatives. So negative cutters have existed for as long as we've had to edit film. Uh, this is for uh, Hazel Mayor Lowly Negative Cutter in 1959, where there were a lot of women cutting negatives of the film, but it's not something I think we know a lot about. It's not played out in pop culture a lot. Hazel Mayo, Lowly Negative Cutter, 1959. I think I can see what you see. To crop the world a million times over. To replace yesterday with today. To substitute my nostalgia for your deja vu. You cropped yesterday's heartbreak with the Empire State Building in the background of a big bulky taxi cab. Perfection is forgettable. You tapered two scenes together and two more and two more until we got a two-hour movie. But really, man, you have to understand it's complex. People are aware they cannot accumulate everything, but you did, except what the director said not to. There's a bin at the back of your brain of every outtake sitting in the middle of your best dinner at home. Yes, we understand. It's complex. Some days you forget what's the real movie. All you remember is how long it took you to cut out the scene. When you see the laugh, instead you see the bump into the nose. You see it, but don't see it. See it, but don't see it. The theorist couldn't do it, but you could. We need a new narrative. You trained yourself to notice what you see. 
You saw the whole picture. It was Dennis on the move. You wished everyone bon voyage over and over again. You left them on a trip that never happened. You did the work that nobody really sees. You had no clue what you were delivering. You dreamed of a day with no orders and no deadlines. You dreamed the outtakes remade themselves as the movie and the boardroom. Everything that didn't happen happened all at once back to back in one hour. It was an hour of nothing happening. If you can't see it, it's nothing though. This is what happens in slow times. It goes into slow motion. You can't hope the people who want their world back intact. You hope to roll everything out into a particular shape. You made sure nothing ever registered until a few seconds after it passed. I wanted to ask you if I could dive into your outtakes. It would take me back to the same as it ever was to go back to the backup tapes erased, to erase the time codes. The crime is that people don't know about this, to not be on a bridge to nowhere. Screams from countless girls who are too young to drive, forgetting that this isn't theater but something like life, filled with glimpses of catastrophe. It was all about just keeping everything at bay. It happened by pure accident, it was not a Tupperware party in Jericho, Long Island. The last edit is the shrewdest hustle. So um, there's something called inattention blindness. And it's instances when we don't see something because it is not what we are expecting to see. When we don't see. I have trained myself to notice what I see, light and the dark, to see the whole picture. Did you get the big picture? Everybody missed it. Celebrates emerge from disaster, their mirrors turned inside out. Some jobs are always in demand, visually, sonic, thought. Secret collusion between what you meant and what you ended up saying. Shift to an ultra-friendly face. Are you ready to change your life? You can do this. 1-800-THINK. <laughs> Find some stuff sharing in the psychic pain, basking in ambient bummers, shutting what was a few years ago, loses a degree of boomtown. I didn't see it coming. You missed all the signs. She didn't see it at all. The city that never sleeps definitely needs a nap. You didn't know it, but you were sucked by the goths. We knew what you were all about. Keep it alive by not messing it up too much. I don't believe you that you didn't see it coming. I don't see what you're saying. He was last seen wearing a smoke. If there was a silver lining, I didn't see it. Even that, it turns out, was an illusion. The secretary has seen it all. So this poem, uh, I guess it's all in italics. So we're supposed to read the italics as um, echo and reverb. So since we're going to try to hear the poem, I'm not going to bring in the echo and reverb, but you can imagine it while the lines are going. Not everyone has to come to the 1984 Facebook mentality. What did you drown into? What exactly was to come? What face did you bury your book in? What mentor was it? What book did you bury your face in? Did you cancel that subscription? Did you note David Lee Roth's accomplishment in 1984? Who did you know without an update? What door was swayed? Whose mindset wasn't? Who said we've all let New York down? Who did the cave in? Who brought the mind in the hive? What hive could you not hide in? Language is meant to shift. There are no neighborhoods here. And there, of course, there it was. But it was an illusion that proved to be too true, a truth that was hardly an illusion. Dear God, they were all mirrors. Based, note, empathy worth drumming to. A stringent recall. But you know, I felt it was like, you know, LMAO to all the people. Just a small town girl living in a lonely world. Does it rain? All of us were like failed ghosts who succeeded. 
I could stand here and listen, but I'm not. We're just frozen in place. I'm thinking, let's almost do it. There's no winning in this mental. Did the status update and do itself. Some dungeon doors can't be opened because the programmer didn't code them to open. Did you code the outdoor to in? Did you code the indoor to out? Did you walk in through the outdoor? Thanks, Prince. Did I program my brain to stay on that thought? Did you find a way out through the back door? Did the key mal adjust? I can't believe I survived in the flatboard game but died in the pixels on the screen. You opened the door and folded plastic wood in for makeup but stored in the electric screen. Did you know every mean person had a front like that program closed door? You should always bypass it like in the video, but it doesn't feel right. You need the programmer's code. Folded on wood with paper and pencil, you found a way out, a way out in lead. Led to a door that was always programmable from the your brain of dreams have there, have filled, have rendered in the final cut bling. Did you know he didn't want you to go? Did you know she didn't want you to enter? Did you know they still have the keys? Did you know the door opens with a mild two-point tug? Do you know actually where you're going to? Thanks, Diana Ross. So you could work it if you wanted to, you know. You know, you could work it. It could work. It could work out if you wanted it to. It could work itself out. You wanted to work it. It could work. You know, it could work out. You know, you wanted to, you know, to work. That's what I want, you know? If you, you know, it could work. It could work itself. It could work itself out. You know, she can work it. You could too, you know? And with apologies and respect and honor, Timothy E. So my something, just beginning after Lynn Hedrinia's my life, and a phrase from Julian Talamant to Spolarski's, the phrase becomes the thought. The phrase becomes the thought, feeling like what it is like, what it is like to write from thoughts. See Eileen Myers and a beetle by now, I can only pontificate. Something being so not like what this theater critic said, silence is never empty. You didn't know my eighth grade silence. To narrate, I missed all those consonants. There's a disconnect. How to narrate a disconnect, how to get in the connected by this said. How to, how to. A, E, I, O, U, and sometimes Y. 21 letters to know, to narrate to connect, to context you realize. How to narrate a silent E. How to bring that back to the pH flow. Who said consonants were good? Why are the vowels hogging the space? A-E-I-O-U, who are you? Who are you? Who, 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 who? Quote the you know who here. This isn't Sesame Street delayed. 
M is for marble, F is for forget the diphthongs, J is a total joke. Had an it sounds not heard but felt in your head if you didn't hear it but knew it but felt it but shook it but did it. Three top phrases in reverb memory. Turn off the lights. Who do you think you are? Don't sleep with the radio on and waste electricity. Yes, I was not going along with it. How to narrate if it's always past? What hoops, whoops are you jumping through? Far out or close together? How to dive in consonants and swim in vowels? Above ground pools and murky lake beaches that are easy to get to from your town. Riptides. The cliche is the deep end. The sister cliche is the shallow end. To know what will be said about this, don't go off the deep end with consonants. Don't be shallow with vowels and the other way around. Don't jump in the shallow end. You'll crack your head open as you're refrained of parents everywhere. Don't go in the deep end if you're sure you don't remember your swimming lesson. How to enter your name if it's a breath. If you stop breathing, what to do? For a moment. What about a back door, a front door, or a side door? Which entryway? Your name wasn't something given to you, so how can you enter at all? Don't stop believing that is breathing. Don't stop a feeling more than. Can we take one break for a classic rock band Boston or a journey, or are these lines you cross out in the revision, though you don't really need a vision? How to capture what was on the tip of your tongue again and again and again. What does that mean to be endlessly on the tip of a tongue? An eternal memory or eternal forgetfulness? Eternal memory or eternal forgetfulness? Eternal memory or eternal forgetfulness? Was it the cliche, hope springs eternal or hope springs internal or hope springs external or hope springs thermal? How to go inside out, what? How, how, and then. And uh, this is the last piece from the Surfacing Under under Surfacing series. Go under the surface, she said, but don't go too deep, but don't go too shallow, but don't go too pizzazz, but don't go too now, but don't go too then, but don't go too tomorrow, but don't go too, you know, all pop culture, but don't go too butch, but don't go too femme, but go how? But don't go to 80s, but don't go so low as Eddie Vedder did in the 90s. But don't go all Facebooky, but don't go all Twitterverse, but remember our universe. But don't go all moonshot, but don't go all middle of the road. But don't go all chattering class, but don't go all millennial plus Gen Y. But don't go all, you know, Gen X, cold and suspect. But don't go all corporate, but don't go all non profit But don't go all Bloomberg. But don't go out New York Post headlining. But don't go out the way Gawker did. But don't go out, you know, I'm not giving you the time of day. But don't go out smartphone, maybe be more flip phony. Remember to go more Metallica, not make it you know why. But don't go out, I'm being nice to you just because I want something from you. But don't go out artisanal. But don't go out fast food. But don't go so slow foody. But don't go out so much depends upon a red. Never mind. And don't go all that was a Nevada Cobain reference, because it wasn't. But don't go the way, you know, the heavy board said, and don't go overboard. But don't go all Watergate, but maybe go Whitewater. But don't go out just because of what Bill did doesn't mean you can't vote for Hillary. But don't go all Sanders as a socialist. But don't go all it's three men in a room. But don't go all Albany as broken air. But don't go all whole foodie pay trucky. But don't go all poke soup. Slope food co <laughs> But don't go out hipsterization. But don't go out we lost the neighborhood. But don't go out there's nothing left here. But you should, you know, stick around, okay? Don't go. Okay, so I'm, uh, I'm all out of introduction, which is fine by me. So please welcome Ty Freedom Ford.
Um, hey, so uh, I'm feeling a bit schizophrenic. So I'm gonna I'm read a bunch of persona poems. Um, some are from, well, the first ones I'm gonna read are from uh, the manuscript that's coming out next year called How to Get Over. Um, and, and in that manuscript are a series of poems called Past Life Portraits. Uh, so this one is called Past Life Portrait Machete, circa 1791. Um, and I'm gonna read you the notes actually that, that correspond with them just so you understand the context. So um, this poem refers to the beginning of the slave revolt in uh, Saint-Domingue, Saint uh, which eventually led to Haiti's independence. So machete, circa 1791. My widest mouth, hungriest in mourning, break fast, a staccato thwack, clacking stalks of cane, sugar, my smiling blade, but teeth sharpening themselves against the sweet dull thud of routine. Rusty renegades of serrated jag, thirst yonder fields set ablaze in rebellion. Smoke blackening sky, beckoning a thousand mouths like me. But alas, I remain in boredom I scalp dandelions, split plantains in two, whack my way through gorgeous ripe watermelon, but neither its flesh nor juice seduces me. When the hands come to handle me clumsily, I flail toward lower ground, threatening toes, dusty teeth, lusting not for sound, but blood. Past life portrait, Whip, circa 1793. Um, and in 1793 in the United States, I guess it was the United States, um, the Fugitive Slave Act was just passed. And so um, with that, folks had the right to beat the shit out of their enslaved Africans when they were returned to them after trying to escape. So this is in the voice of the whip. Elongated tongue, calfskin tanned taut, lifeless muscle becomes momentum the moment the hand speaks, seeking flesh, a succession of licks, a streak, dizzy and crisscross, the back sings of blood, recoil and delicious sting, ringing out a warning across fields. No one feared the cow, raped her, raped of her milk, slaughtered, hides weathered into leather while the natives feasted on steak. But at least this second life, this freedom, all feeling, even at the hands of others, a glory of sorts. Past life portrait, circa 1787, Negroes burying ground, Lower Manhattan. Um, do I have a note for that? Yes, so um, this is coming from a book uh, by a woman named Carla Peterson called Black Gotham. Um, and in the first chapter, she details how medical students, also known as resurrectionists, uh, dug up bodies of black people to, to use, like to study, you know. Um, so you know they were trying to be doctors, so they would like basically like perform autopsies. Uh, the resurrectionists smell unsettled ground, a sun-wilted lily's sweet reek, a newly nailed pine box sticky with shellac, moldy funk of a borrowed black suit, the perfumed pomatum, the body unearthed, undressed, a fresh wound embalmed, a sun, wilted lilies. What lies inside a nigger? Are the lungs bird cages filled with feathers? 
are the bones, magic wands of calcium and rhythm? Can the blood's iron smith a hammerhead? Is the throat lined with gold? All right, so um, every time I read, I like to call my ancestors into the space. Um, so that's what I just did. By reading those poems, calling my ancestors into the space. Um, and so now I'm gonna bring it up to uh, more recent times. Uh, this is in the voice of, uh, I teach high school English at a public school in Brooklyn. Um, and this is in the voice of a senior to a freshman. How to get over. Pick the big bitch. The chick who looked like she chew screwdrivers. Hunched at the lunch table, copying homework, shredding syllables with a mouthful of metal. Shush the rebel in your throat, that ghost of punk funking dark circles in the pits of your polo. Resist the impulse to shit talk your way through ranch dressing and lunchroom throng. Bum rush. Snatch song from her ears, tangle of headphone wires and tracks of mangled weave. Never mind uglying her face with nails or an armful of bangles. She already a jigsaw puzzle of scratch and scar. Every exposed part caked in Vaseline. Every fold of fat fortified with that free-free French fries chicken shit shaped like tenders, cheese sticks. She will slip and slide you if you don't come correct, pick you up by your book bag till you feel fly. Camera phone, red eyes, winking your punk ass almost famous. But that ain't your fame to claim. Pitbull her ankles till she drop, till ketchup and corn splatter, scatter abstract like technique from our fifth period art class. As she knuckles herself up from chicken feed, ain't no need to run. Instead, smile for the video. That soul clap in your chest is your heart. So for this one, I'll read the, the epigraph first. Questions about his sexuality annoyed him. He refused to comment on speculation that he was gay from Luther Vandross's obituary printed in The Guardian, July 4th, 2005. The answer for inquiring minds. Everything sparkles. Even the dark glows under my eyelids. Secrets shame truth in my name. Spotlight licks my face new shades as all proof fades from fierce too invisible. On stage, I flash invincible. Sequins shimmying my black ass irrelevant. Nothing left but baseline, voice, and dazzle. Never mind reverend and amen corner or employees sworn to secrecy. I worshiped divas, washed in gospel. Swallowed gossip like Bible verses, scorching throat. Praised Jesus and pretty black men, swathed in silence. My voice, a naked violence breaking into smile. God damn, did you really have to ask, honey child? Past life portrait, circa 1948, Peoria, Illinois. Illinois, how y'all say it? <laughs> Illinois? Illinois, if you, you know, like me. Um, the note considers Richard Pryor's grandmother, Marie Carter, who ran a brothel uh, where his mother worked. He was eight years old in 1948, and two years later, his mother would abandon him, and he was raised solely by his grandmother. Panties be cock blocking, and blocked cocks don't pay the light bill, so we don't wear them. 
just one less garment to wash, drip drying from the shower rod. Bible bitches forever tapping my door, yapping about the power of God, but niggas round here praise pussy and a hot plate of food, so the Lord gonna have to wait till I'm good and ready. Plus, prayer ain't never paid my rent. Last time I went to church steady, every pew whispered huzzy. Hushed judgments knocking my hat askew. I can make better use of sequins. Got a bathtub full of bootleg. Every lover get a ladle of moonshine. Noontime bubbles pay double for effort. Yet on cloudy days, I gargle egg yolk. Pretend the sun rising on my tongue. Past life portrait, circa summer 1980. Um, and this is my attempt at understanding Richard Pryor's headspace uh, after the suicide attempt where he poured rum all over himself and set himself on fire. The epigraph is uh, by his wife, Jennifer Lee Pryor, his twice wife, right? He married her, got married a couple other times. Divorced her, got married a couple other times, and then married her again. I think she was with him when he died. Um, genius isn't free. There's a great price to pay, and Richard knew it. When fucking is the family business, you got two choices. Hide the bruise of your shame and cry, or look at it square on and laugh until the bruise becomes muse or keloided battle scar. When your daddy is a motherfucker, you learn to remove your pinky ring before you slap, so not to leave bruise or break skin. There is already too much blood invested in this business when your granny is selling your mama and other women's bodies. You learn irony and fucking becomes funny as fuck, except laughter sounds like bruise, and you grow up thinking women as sweet things, like sweet things to cop, like candy bars. Pussy is neither exotic nor erotic, but rather ordinary as a bruise. And what's a boy to do but collect panties and curse words in a house full of blasphemous Jesuses ricocheting out the mouths of tricks? Bruised lips that do not kiss, just suck. What the fuck you gonna do but laugh? and make everybody and their mother laugh too so you don't feel crazy or lonely and the laugh tracks start to loop lovely like the women loop lovely marriage after marriage every year like some sort of odd ritualistic undoing of the bruise of your daddy as pimp and original motherfucker origin of your laughter the golden key to your happily ever after the records movies mountains of cocaine and fuck and nigger empires until you understand nigger bruises. When the laughter turns to voice, when the laughter turns to voices that won't turn off, when the routine ends and the cocaine only quickens everything to a blur of fuck, you must confront the bruise. But grandma ain't here to kiss away the hurt cause she's dead along with mama and daddy. So you pick at the scab, grab the rum to silence the humming in your head with the cigarette lighter, poof. You remember running, the skin tight with scorch, baffling light and bruise, and the clarity is scary as hell. Cause you realize the price of genius, the product of your laughter and your happily ever after awakens you in a hospital room that smells of bandage and damaged blues. All right. So those are all the poems from the How to Get Over manuscript. Mm. How y'all doing? Y'all quiet as hell. All right. I am, I am, you know, black, African-American in the African-American tradition. You know, they say call and response is the shit, you know, that feeds me. So, you know, it's not a fucking golf match. You know, you can, you can interact with me. You can let me know you're listening, you're alive. Um, it's not that type of party. Um, quinoa comes to the hood. So I live in Bed-Stuy and um, it's nice to go to the corner store and get quinoa. Um, but, you know, at what price, right? Um, so just like me, I've been writing a lot of poems sort of meditating on, on uh, 
gentrification and shit. So this is, uh, you know, in the voice of one of those corner dudes who stands outside the bodega. Quinoa comes to the hood. First of all, nigga, it's quinoa, not quinoa. Niggas always announce themselves with the mispronounce, but that's some old other shit. Second of all, ain't even, shit ain't even organic, and them fancy little bins don't fool me. Not at $8.99 a pound. Shit uh, cheaper at the Whole Foods, and it's organic. Shit, I know about food deserts, dented cans and bruised fruits cloudy with spray, and truth be told, they spray us every day like we pests and shit. Hopeless roaches running from the lights. That's a metaphor, nigga. The fuck you want to eat better for like y'all got a lifespan beyond 30 and shit. Nigga, ain't shit here organic but my spit. Southside. Shorty shine show enough, but she got issues. Shell-shocked from block showdowns, glocks and shotguns, Chirac's finest, minus shrapnel and shit. She should clack clack, she boom shaka laka, chakra show shock, body rocker show nuff, seen nuff shenanigans, nuff knuckleheads shackled and cuffed. She tough but smooth, shine show nuff, all Vaseline and sheen, shin bones shimmering, sun be throwing shade on she brown skin parade, all shine and fine and shameless and nameless and shit. I mean, who she be? Shape-shifting landscapes, fire escape, shout out. She shimmy, shimmy, y'all, shmoney, honey, sugar in the raw. She shut down, suckers, shine, sure as she living. All right, it's me. I just like to play around with sound. You could probably figure that out by now, right? When I was like, I don't know, 10, 11, 12, I used to write rhymes and shit, because, you know, it was like 1983. That's what you had to do as a youth. You were 10 years old, you wrote rhymes, you beatboxed, you know, you did that. Um, so a lot of my poetry is definitely influenced by like, you know, sort of hip hop rhythms and shit. Um, so these next three pieces, they're all like, I've been, I've been reading a lot of sonnets too, that's why you'll notice they're really like short. short. Um, these next three pieces came out of an exercise that I did with Patricia Smith. Um, and she had us draw a map of a childhood place and so I drew this map of Astoria projects where I lived for like maybe four or five years. Um, but they were really like instrumental years of my life. Like I just remember my childhood very clearly in this space. Um, and it was right on the East River so with this beautiful view of like Roosevelt Island and the city of Manhattan. Um, and there was these two, two kids, sister and brother, and, they, and the brother had these really horrible burns on his face and the sister did as well. Um, and then their father's name was Mr. James, and he was a little crazy. Like, he would roller skate around in this, this park that we had in the wintertime with a, with a vest on and nothing else. Like, no T-shirt. Like, it was just a vest, a, snow, a ski vest, and some, like, bell-bottom brown polyester pants and roller skates. And he would just be like, and then he had a dog, and the dog's name was Dog. Um, <laughs> And Dog used to run around without a leash and he used to terrorize all of us and we would like climb up the chain link and he would, and, and Mr. James, we'd be like, Mr. James, Mr. James, get Dog. And he'd be like, Dog, come here, Dog. And he actually sounded, now that I think about it, like Rick James. And his name was Mr. James. And so maybe they were related, I don't know. Like it's really weird, it's really weird. So anyway, so after we drew this map and shit and all of this detail, she said, all right, and we like shared it with her. And she said, oh, I want you to go home and I want you to write um, poems in the voices of those, those kids. Because I didn't know what had happened to them, right? All right. Mr. James. Smoke be a sneaky motherfucker. It got no hands but holds you like a lover, seducing your lungs with its black magic poof. It make everything disappear. Wear it's black like a nightgown, all sexy and shit, midnight marauder. It take your breath away. Smoke be a blindfold, make you use your hands as eyes, everything you grope a prize. Ski vests, roller skates, 
dog barking his face off. Flame nowhere to be found, just the sound of smoke. Fucking your lady till her milky skin ain't nothing but smudge. You, don't, you move, but don't budge, cause smoke stupids your feet, and out of nowhere, heat and flame with her big ass mouth calling your name. Michelle. Projects ain't half bad, except they think my dad crazy. He just a little hazy in the head cause mommy dead and brother don't talk much. He ain't dumb, but fire twisted his throat to pretzel. Kids around here don't ask about our skin, the braids of veins, the two-tone tightness of it. Mostly they in awe of the lightness of it. Beach sand brown and our blonde curls, big girls turn to braids. At least daddy got dog, but fire made him mean. He chased kids up the chain link, chew at they chucks till dad call them off, feed him a piece of hot dog. In the dream, brother a superhero, got flames for wings. They betray him with strangle. Still, he struggled to name the no-name things. Dog. I let the boy call me dog, cause I am. And what better they know, sleeping, house full of so much smoke I can't track they scent. I follow the choke of them, get a chunk of him, then drag and drag till the air tastes different. Days later, I go back, nose the ash and bone of what used to be, paws caked with char. This what sadness smell like, I am called away. The new house smells old, bacon grease, cheap paint, but I ain't one to complain. Plus there's a river, it shimmers in the sun but stinks a little, rusted metal, dead diapers, drowned squirrels. What I miss most is her skin, not the scent, but the salt of it. All right, so I don't know how I'm looking on time, but uh, I'm gonna read you some new pieces um, that I'm, uh, I'm working on. I'm kind of fascinated. I, I've been researching these women, black women in particular, who were executed um, in the mid or earlier part of the 20th century, um, and even before that, really. Um, but I, I've been sort of researching their stories. So this is uh, in the voice of Lena Baker, who's a black woman who's executed uh, in the state of Georgia in 1945. She was 45 years old. Um, and she, she, was, she murdered the white man that she was working for, um, but it was kind of in self-defense. It was in self-defense. I mean, he, was, he sort of, he did some crazy shit. But then, um, of course, because she was a black woman and she had murdered a white man or had, even in self-defense, she got the electric chair, right? All right, what I did, chopped cotton, Hacked, picked at the bowl, folded, scrubbed, washed, starched, ironed what the cotton become, mopped, sweeped, wiped away cobweb and such, shrink, stink, turn cloths pink. When he touched me, done drink too much, stole me off in the woods somewheres, but clever, I gives the old man a slip. Sleep with trees and convicts till morning. Walk with the sun at my back. Back at it. He get me and sit me in the mill, locked away while he gone off singing Jesus hymns and such. So here I is wondering where Jesus is. Lord, the long day hot. Left munching grain. He come again. I make mine to leave. Can't speak for his mind. Mouth full of murder and hand clutching some bar aim to make me mine. I make to run, somehow we tussle over the gun. I chopped, hacked, picked, the pistol light as a toy, scrubbed, washed, starched his face, stiff. What I said, Lena Baker, no, stop, why? Get, don't, mister, please, no, shit, shoot, shot, shit, 
shit won't what white why white whip whipped well where whoa wait wait yes white yes bullet yes trigger yes blood yes nigger yes white white yes what they said about lena baker good time gal grist mill thrill Frisky for the whiskey, white boy risky, cockadoodle crazy, coon cunt stunt, buck hunter, darky donkey, honky dick monkey, hip healer, lipstick dealer, wino hoe, woeful negress, pistol prostitute, sharecropper, panty dropper, cotton chopper, cocksucker, motherfucking nigga, trigger happy, scalawag, lightning lynching, electric chair, Lena. So. In 1946, this woman, Kareem Sykes, she's a housemaid for this woman in, in Pennsylvania somewhere. Uh, she was 22 and she was sentenced, well, when she actually was killed in the electric chair, um, executed. Um, she was accused of murdering the white woman who employed her with uh, a carving knife, but she was like five feet and a hundred pounds. Um, and the, the sort of like violence at which this woman had, like it just didn't make sense. Um, and so this is her story. What had happened was Kareem Sykes. She say, I need a girl can wash, iron, clean, dust, do light cooking without a fuss. She say, $6 for the week plus car fare. She say, you'll do nicely, pointing at me. He say, get the money, fur piece, jewelries out the panty drawer. He say, meet me back at the house. He say, act natural, play dumb like you is. He say, baby, we gonna be rich. I say, I took what he told me and left, cool and easy like they say, trouble struggle, carving knife, death. I say, little as, I'm, little as I'm is, in jail, I wonder where he is. They say, burned evidence. I say, see, but they ain't convinced. I say, I'm dumb, but I ain't stupid. I say, fine, JC, he the one threatening my mama and me. I steal, but I ain't kill. All right, so I'm gonna leave y'all with this piece. So as an English teacher, It's a very complicated. <laughs> As an African American woman who is an English teacher, let me let me be clear. It's very hard. It's very interesting. It's not hard, but it's interesting to teach brown children um, English, right? Capital E. Um, so I, I I just I I struggle with that, and I tell my kids like English is stupid. Um, for like like first day of school, that's what I tell them. Like English is stupid, but we gonna you know for every rule there's an exception to the rule, there's an exception to the exception. Like this is stupid. Um, so I write a lot about language, um, and so uh, this this last piece is just in the voice of there's a like really mean and mad motherfucker inside me who is really upset with like English and the English language, and he critiques it a lot. So this is the dude that's speaking in this poem. This piece is called Fool's Gold. Thank you for listening. Appreciate you. Speech so spectacular, teeth rot with bling. Everything from this angle smells of the king and his damn prepositions determined to phrase me out. I grow fat with entertainment. Hairless politicals make my elbows scoff with ash. And cause my ancestors colored me, all the words wound like song. Some wrong well or some inspired gospel warbling night sky purple. But I am more regular than this. More failure than figment. The channels of your imagination you get for free. 
This pigment be basic cable reality TV where a black girl drinks too much and thinks too. Much of the time she worries her tooth enamel beige and reads Clifton and Lord, which the king misinterprets as Lord. Oh Lord, echoes, oh Lord, oh Lord. My ancestors died preoccupied with white Jesus speeches of promised lands and other blonde bland fairy tales. And when the king said, fare thee well, I smelt the bamboozle as fine as swine, but my eyes cataract with such flashbacks. Remember when the word was with God and the word was God? Remember when the word became flesh and all a man had was his word and his word was his bond? Didn't nobody care about the king's flaccid cursive, his breath reeking of chitlin wine and divine adjectives, salt cured and retaining spit, amounts to nothing more than shit piles or pretty little remnants if I am to be polite about my whitewashed cockney. I grow cockeyed with boredom and prone to sudden fits of breakdance, spinning on my skull to cure the doldrums. But alas, the king hears dull drums and everything blurs tribal and humid and archeological and obsessed with teeth, which you already know rot with bling. So I, last dragon light, with all my natural resources glowing hot and mercurial in my mouth, resist fists white knuckling towards some sad sequel of Roots or Tarzan. I go all moms mably on them, stomp the yard slack jawed, chompers in my boots. All them niggers get artifact breath, wet with whiffs of fool's gold. Thank you. The Poetry Project has promoted, fostered, and inspired the reading and writing of contemporary poetry since 1966. Consider supporting us by checking out a reading, becoming a member, or donating at poetryproject.org.